Yes, this is another episode of the Cafe American Podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and we have taken, uh, I guess, the last two weeks off, mainly because I decided to pick up another microphone and try that out. However, after getting a new board, a new microphone, everything else up, I am missing one final fucking part. So hopefully this stupid mic that I'm on right now doesn't cut out at a very inopportune moment like I did like it did for, uh, last episode where it fucked up four goddamn times. Uh, so anyway, you can listen to me, the Cafe Americaine podcast. You can go to Podbean, Stitcher, and soon-to-be decommissioned iTunes. And lo and behold, I have also gotten a spot on terrestrial radio. So you can listen to me. Every other Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, not being one of those Saturdays, on WUSB, Stony Brook 90.1 FM. And for those of you that do not have terrestrial radio, uh, or, or Stony Brook just doesn't go beyond the parking lot, then you can fire up uh, whatever you got on your uh, mobile device and listen to WUSB.FM. And you can listen live over there too. Now I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, really say anything negative about the range of Stony Brook's radio station because there are a lot of radio stations on uh, on Long Island, and guess what? They want you to pay to be on air, and their range is nothing like Stony Brook's. So they're a bit of a joke, uh, and Stony Brook is basically giving me a platform to do whatever the hell I want. I just can't curse, which is troubling sometimes. Anyway, tonight on the Cafe Americaine podcast, more space follies. Apparently, Saturn's rings are in danger of disappearing because of, yes, you guessed it, climate change here on Earth due to human beings. Right. Also, Senator Ted Cruz is worried about space pirates, and the Pentagon has officially said, yes, UFOs are real, but what you don't know either is that the CIA has released some documents, and those documents say, hmm, it turns out that a lot of UFOs are actually, well, Nazi. Oh, yes, moving on, Big Brother AI creeps on. Amazon hears when you've been good, and it hears when you've been bad, especially in bed. And Fat Jerry Nadler has something to say about it. And finally, uh, Christopher Steele flips, Maddow's ratings dip, and Adam Schiff flops. Uh, I went for some alliteration there, but it didn't really work. Um, Adam Schiff is that fucking moron that uh, will do anything anything to gin up all sorts of nonsense about Donald Trump and anybody that does anything involving Donald Trump. Uh, it's simply because he's an idiot. Uh, there was a whole big thing about, uh, about Flynn that came out, former uh, cabinet member for Donald Trump, and it turns out that Mueller is just another Democrat shill asshole. Uh, well, maybe we'll get into that. And also, finally, maybe I will get into this last story or not. There were a whole bunch of FBI documents released or declassified involving the dancing Israelis on September 11th. And also 
what that means for everybody. So there was an icky, icky story. There were a lot of Israelis that were arrested, and they pretended to be nothing more than tourists, when in fact they turned out to be Mossad operatives here in the United States. And the question, that, or the quote from that story is from the FBI. It's not whether or not they knew. It's how did they didn't know September 11th was going to occur. So there's a lot there. I'm not sure if I want to get into it because that is a long, long, long story. And uh, it may require a show on its own. And it also would probably get me in trouble. However, let's start with the easy stuff. Let's start with space. So, as you know, climate change is everywhere and it's always mankind's fault it is the original sin that thanks to al gore we know everything about you know they've been saying since the 70s that mankind is going to fall and it's always going to be from the climate and earth well back in the 60s and the 70s it was global cooling but now it's global warming. Or in the 90s, it was global warming. Now it's just climate change. Okay, it's all bullshit because it is a natural occurrence. It has to do with the planet Nibiru moving back into the solar system, which doesn't orbit the sun, assuming we're going with the heliocentric model, which doesn't orbit the sun in the same plane as the rest of the planets on Earth do, or, or the rest of the planets in the solar system do. While you can assume that the planets, uh, the, the planets that we know about orbit in a certain direction, Nibiru, or the ninth planet, or planet X, the shaving cream ion, what is that from Bugs Bunny? The shaving cream atom, something like that, planet X. Um, it orbits on a massively elliptical orbit, and it's diagonal, so it doesn't share the same plane as the rest of the planets. Anyway, when this planet comes back into the solar system, it usually occurs every two to 3,000 years and also brings about massive, massive changes. It's supposed to be a planet that is extremely dense and brings junk with it. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of junk might you ask? The kind of junk that comes in the forms of asteroids and comets. In the past five weeks, Earth has had close calls with three asteroids. One asteroid had a mystical and mysterious object following it as it buzzed by Earth. And NASA, if you listen to this program, you know that NASA talks about asteroid defense time and time again. They always talk about asteroid defense now. Since when? Why are you talking about asteroid defense all of a sudden? That's the question everybody should ask. All of us now, out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, the Earth is being assailed by comets and asteroids that could potentially end all life. Now, going with what I really told you is that there is another planet entering into the solar system and we're on the cusp of massive, massive change on an energetic, on an emotional, on a truthful, on a climactic, uh, an or it's anticlimactic, <laughs> climate change. 
Climate change is being felt on all planets in the solar system. Most of the planets in the solar system are going through some sort of polar shift. Jupiter's storm, poof, gone. Saturn all of a sudden has hexagonal wind belts that you can see from space. Yeah, oh, oh this is just... This is all natural. Venus, Mercury, they've all had their poles wobble. Earth has had its pole wobble. And Earth is experiencing climate change. Now, the government also, many governments I should say, they're also involved with manipulating the climate to ensure that their countries or their regions aren't hit as hard by this planet coming back into the solar system. You see it with aerosols being sprayed, the, the chemtrails. And you also see it with HARP technology. If you look up in the sky, you see you, more and more you see these clouds. They look like ripples on a pond. And so I, I, you're telling me that's natural. And not all planes have the same contrails quote-unquote, most contrails, or the real contrails, disappear in a measured length after the plane soars across the sky. But a lot of these chemtrails, they look like you've taken pastels and smeared them on a piece of paper until they turn into this gray, mushy sky. And then they push them along via electromagnetic waves. Cell tower. And they develop into ripples across the sky. You'll see what I'm talking about the next time you look up. The other portion of this is that there is, the, I keep talking about an energetic shift. It's a shift in consciousness. And this shift in consciousness involves mankind saying enough is enough. What's been, what's been going on for the prior two to 3,000 years no longer works for us. And it just so happens that in the past two to 3,000 years, this planet has not gone back, come back into the solar system. So there you go. Now, Inverse is reporting that the upcoming issue of Acta Astronautica. Can you come up with a, a, a more haughtier name for these penciled neck geeks in their ivory towers? According to Inverse, a group of scientists recently warned that Saturn's famous rings could disappear eventually. No thanks to humans. Of course! Asteroid miners and tech billionaires could plunder precious rocks from space, including the icy rings of Saturn, in the very near future. The theory comes from a study conducted by Astra Astro, uh, Acta Astronautica, and the group suggested that relevant policymakers must come up with a clear set of guidelines and restrictions that should be strictly followed by everyone in the space industry. If we don't think about this now, we will go ahead as we always have, and in a few hundred years, we will face an extreme crisis. Much worse than what we have here on Earth, said Martin Elvis. Once you've exploited the solar system, 
there's nowhere left to go. Aside from the rings of Saturn, humans could also mine the iron on the asteroid belt. The asteroid belt's iron content is so abundant that even if only one-eighth is mined, it is still a million times more than what is found on Earth. Another example is helium-3, the shaving cream atom. No, heli <laughs> helium-3, which is said to be abundant in the moon and could be worth more than gold in the future. Well, I sincerely doubt that it will be worth more than gold in the future because the gods have always, always, always wanted gold to repair the atmosphere, if we're to believe the ancient Sumerian texts. And that is also why mankind is so gold-hungry. It's because it is implanted in the genes. Mankind is made in God's image. And so that genetic memory is implanted in the DNA of the human being. Also, what's interesting in what I just read is that the asteroid belt's iron content is so abundant that even if only one-eighth is mined, it is still a million times more than what is found on Earth. This is an important line because Earth, the countries on Earth, are in so much debt that anything on the planet will discovered, manufactured, paid back, whatever you want to call it. Anything that is found on Earth will not be enough to pay back the amount of debt that these countries have run up to the banks. So if you talk about the United States, which is tens of trillions of dollars in debt, no matter what the United States does, it will never balance that debt. It will never balance it unless you're talking about and it somehow repatriates all of the gold and all of the jewels and all the pieces of artwork that the United States hid after World War II. Hmm. Anyway, that, that's a whole different story, and that involves a separate, separate but known financial structure and system that is outside of Wall Street. Wall Street runs it. Wall Street knows about it. However, it is a completely different set of accounting books where these black projects come from. So here's another interesting part. Now we're talking about mining asteroid fields, mining the moon, and destroying the rings of Saturn. What's interesting about the rings of Saturn is that I would suggest that the rings of Saturn aren't ice. They're really crystals of some sort. I don't know what kind of crystals, but they're crystals of some sort. And the rings of Saturn are maintained. You can find videos on YouTube in the infrared spectrum. So not visible light to the human being, but the infrared spectrum. And they show these massive, massive objects maintaining the rings of Saturn. They're either adding things to the rings, that rhymes, or they're removing objects from those rings. What's also interesting about Saturn is that Saturn is the source of a lot of icky things that happen here on Earth. I'll give you a couple of, ex of examples. 
You've got Saturnalia. Saturnalia was the Greco-Roman holiday that was around Christmas time. Basically, all laws were removed and everyone gave uh, presents to one another, got debaucherous, fucked one another, sucked one another, flicked the bean, whatever you have, got drunk, revelry, so on and so forth. Saturn is the true sun in the sun-worshipping deities and mythology of the ancient texts. It's not sun worship. It is Saturn worship. And the elites out there know about it. Take a look at Nike. The Nike swish is not a checkmark. You didn't do a good job and get gold. What the Nike swish really is, is the silhouette of Saturn's rings. Look at Taco Bell. The bell is really an eye. Or it's a planet with rings. Look at Target. Target is Saturn observed from one of its poles. You have the planet in the center and the rings around it. So on and so forth. You get the whole idea. Uh, who wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey? Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke. Um, he wrote that book, I believe he wrote 2010, and in the movie 2010, mankind follows these black monoliths, these big black blocks, and they follow these monoliths all throughout the solar system, and it, it according to Arthur C. Clarke's fiction, fiction in quotes, uh, every time mankind finds a black monolith, Kind of looks like a post from Stonehenge. Every time mankind finds one of those monoliths, it jumps in evolution. It jumps in energetic awareness. So in the movie, a couple of apes, or uh, uh, ne not Neanderthals, but a couple of primates, they find a monolith and they touch it. And when they touch the monolith, it's a very famous opening scene. It is... This opening scene is so long, it will drive you nuts. Thank you, Stanley Kubrick. Anyway, once the primates touch the monolith, they discover how to use tools, and they start beating skulls and beating rocks with bones and so on and so forth. In 2010, that was in 2001. In the sequel to 2001, 2010, th what happens is, Jupiter, not Jupiter, is it Jupiter? Yes, Jupiter ends up being a sun. So the solar system is actually a binary star system. However, Arthur C. Clarke isn't going to give away the full story. And that full story is that Saturn is actually the real sun. Saturn is being maintained by its rings if you were to get rid of the rings then you would see the second sun its energetic awareness is being controlled in a negative way you can research with david ike david ike famous famous researcher i got turned on to david ike uh after september 11th he wrote a groundbreaking book alice in wonderland and so on and so forth about september 11th fantastic book backed up by all sorts of articles and research 
but he's a bit negative when you actually speak to him and when you when you listen to him. It's there's only so much you can listen to. So he talks about Saturn's rings, and he postulates that Saturn is actually an interdimensional gateway. And what Saturn does is that it emits a certain frequency from it that maintains the current structure, the current energetic structure, you know, uh, lack, uh, war, famine, so on and so forth, here on Earth and throughout the solar system. So what he's saying is basically if you get rid of the rings— then you will get rid of all of the negativity in the solar system in this frequency that we're all involved in right now. What I'm saying here is that why all of a sudden are they talking about Saturn's rings disappearing? Why is the elite so concerned about Saturn's rings disappearing? Why is the elite pushing 5g networks if you can't tell where i'm going the 5g network is meant to maintain the current saturn frequency assuming that the saturn frequency is negative so do you understand where i'm going with this we are involved, mankind is involved in a certain level of frequency. This frequency involves a lot of negativity. Whatever we try to manifest, it is slow going. We've got to deal with money. We've got to deal with debt. We've got to deal with war. We've got to deal with crime. We've got to deal with so on and so forth. And all of that is maintained by the certain frequency that Saturn is emitting. But thanks to the shift that is occurring... Because the ninth planet is re-entering into the solar system, Saturn's influence is now waning. Or waxing. Better word, diminishing. Because I can't tell. I never remember the difference between waning and waxing. It, 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 the influence is diminishing. So what they're trying to do is maintain that influence via the 5G network. The 5G network will emit that same level of frequency and it will blanket most of the United States and most of the Western world. And it will be reinforced via cell phones, which will also emit a 5G frequency. And so therefore, the powers that be want to maintain the status quo, thereby diminishing the level of awareness the average human has. Another interesting tidbit with all of this is that Luxembourg, yeah, Luxembourg, you, you all know and love Luxembourg. Where the fuck is Luxembourg? It borders France. It's in Europe. Trust me on it. Luxembourg is known for its lenses in your microscope or telescope. And it happens that Luxembourg has somehow created a deal. Luxembourg's deal essentially says it is going to be the trading house, or not the trading house, the clearing house of all transactions that occur in space. And it will allow any, any sort of economic, uh, let's see, not economic freedom, but any sort of economic transactions in space to be cleared in Luxembourg and therefore... 
would allow uh, countries on Earth to cash in on whatever they find in space. Luxembourg. Lowly little Luxembourg. And do you know who's backing up Luxembourg? Why? None other than the United States. How come none of this is in the headlines? How come nobody hears about this? So Luxembourg is now going to be the clearinghouse for all transactions that occur in space and would allow countries on Earth to cash in on any mining they do in space. All right. So then where does Saturn's rings come into all of this? So either they're already mining Saturn's rings or... Saturn's rings are about to go away thanks to Nibiru or they're just about to start mining Saturn's rings and Luxembourg is going to be the financial advisor to all of the transactions. Interesting. It's also interesting to remember that Vice President Pence a couple of weeks ago introduced Donald Trump and the way he introduced Donald Trump was that he, being Donald Trump, Donald Trump is providing leadership here on Earth and in the vast heavens above. Well, who is Donald Trump providing leadership for? And what is Donald Trump providing leadership against? What's really going on out there? Going along with all of this, Senator Ted Cruz was ridiculed, ridiculed by the leftist media, just like Donald Trump was ridiculed by the media for wanting a space force. You can see where I'm going with all of this. There's something out there. There's something out there that they want to get ahead of. There's something out there that is going to be made known and they're trying to put everything in place so that nobody gets hurt and nobody gets offended and there isn't a massive cultural shock to the system. Senator Ted Cruz comes out and says, Since the ancient Greeks first put to sea, nations have recognized the necessity of naval forces and maintaining a superior capability to protect waterborne travel and commerce from bad actors. Pirates threaten the open seas, and the same is possible in space. In this same way, I believe we too must now recognize the necessity of a space force to defend the nation and protect space commerce and civil space exploration. He, Grandpa Monster Cruz, was ridiculed for all of this. Now, what's interesting about everything he just said is the following. If you read ancient texts, the earth is protected by a firmament. When God laid waste, and we have Noah's Ark, when he laid waste to earth after the fallen angels, he flooded the earth. He opened up the waters of the heavens 
and allowed them to flood the earth. The firmament, the dome, keeps the waters of the heavens off the earth. Sonoluminescence. I brought this up a number of episodes back. Sonoluminescence is when you take sound frequencies. Everything is frequency. But when you take frequencies, sound, and you pump them through water. So you can take a cup of water. You pump sound frequency through it. At a certain frequency, when these waves intercept each other or collide, it will create light. You see where I'm going with this. So in the solar system, in space, we do not have a void. More than likely, we have a lot of water. And you, the sun that we all know and love, if we're to assume it's out in space, is actually where two frequencies intercept, or two or more, I'm not sure, I don't know where I got two from, Maybe I'm channeling something right now. But where frequencies intercept and create light. Frequencies intercepting themselves in water and subsequently creates light. You have here on Earth everything, everything that you know and love about your government is governed by... Commercial Admiralty Law, which is the law of the sea. It is not the law of the land. When you see the gold fringes on the American flag, guess what? You are now under the jurisdiction of Commercial Admiralty Law. Think about the words that are used in everyday society. You have the flow of what? The flow of currency. Right? The flow, water, current, sea, oceans. Also, when a woman gives birth, a ship is birthed. A woman that gives birth finally must see the dock. Der. Ships are birthed at a dock. So on and so forth. Ancient, ancient, ancient mythology. From the Zulus and other tribes, they do not have a word, and Sumerians, they don't have a word that differentiates space and oceans. They don't have a word that differentiates land or planet. So, it's a fair guess that space is filled with water. Now, it may not be the water that we know and love. It may be water in another form. However, Cruz is giving you the information. Senator Ted Cruz, Grandpa Munster, is giving you the inspiration and information right here. He's worried about pirates that threaten the open seas. And it is also possible in space. He's worried about that. Now, the only reason why he would say that is because they want to put commercial admiralty law into space. And Luxembourg is going to be the clearinghouse for all of that. He's telling you right 
fucking there. What's also interesting, and this was reported by shitplan.com. I would assume shtfplan.com means shit hits the fanplan.com. Mac Salvo allowed us to glimpse on the future. According to a report by the New York Post, there is a gent by the name of Christopher Mellon, and he's a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, and he says that unidentified flying objects pose a vital national security threat. UFOs move at hypersonic speeds, performing acts beyond the physical limits of a human crew and emitting no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes. Pilots observing these craft are absolutely mystified, and that comes through clearly in their public statements. They're deeply frustrated, and that is the core of our show, Mellon said when he was on Fox & Friends. This is very interesting. After decades and decades of the United States government denying UFOs exist, we now have people coming out saying, yeah, UFOs really do exist. NASA also said the same thing. They said it's not a question anymore. We believe in them. And they are here. However, the issue is we don't know why they're here. He goes on, and they report about a Super Hornet pilot, and Mellon is really concerned about a couple of things. One, there have been near mid-air collisions, so there is a safety issue. Two, there is a vital national security issue, which is that of our sovereignty, and it is being violated by vehicles of unknown origin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Remember the patent that I talked about? The patent that the United States Navy took out? Where their craft, their aircraft, looks like a giant diamond. Looks like a lot of the UFOs that we know and love. Essentially, what that craft does is that it emits a pocket of gas. And then they charge that gas with electromagnetic waves. And that gas then allows the craft to remove itself from the current space-time continuum and move a lot quicker than what we move at. It's literally removing itself from the third-dimensional reality to cut through the physics that we have to interact with. So it moves through space it moves through voids it moves through water it moves through air a lot quicker it moves through those properties as if they weren't there it is 20 i think that patent was taken out in 2016 or 2017 so right on the heels of all of this is something else that is very, very important. And if you weren't paying attention, you'd never see it. What just happened is that the C 
I A. Declassified a couple of documents. And they were talking about the UFO phenomenon. This is relatively recent. Former head of the F, uh, the CIA, Roscoe Hillencoher, is quoted as saying, and this is being reported by Curiosmos, behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe that unknown flying objects are nonsense. Herman Oberth, one of the founding fathers of rocketry and aeronautics, is quoted as saying, It is my thesis that flying saucers are real and that they are spaceships from another solar system. I think that they possibly are manned by intelligent observers who are members of a race that may have been investigating our Earth for centuries. Now, what's really interesting is the document that was released. It was dated March 11th to May 20th, 1953. German engineer states Soviets have German flying saucer experts and plans. Flying saucers have been known to be actually, in actuality, since the possibility of their construction was proven in plans drawn up by German engineers toward the end of World War II. George Klein, a German engineer, stated recently in 1953 that though many people believe the flying saucers to be a post-war development... Oh, I said I was very hot A post-war development. They were actually in the planning... <laughs> they were actually in the planning stages of German aircraft industry as early as 1941. Klein said that he was an engineer in the Ministry of Speer, Albert Speer, or Albert Speer, probably refers to Albert Speer, who in 1942 was Minister for Armaments and Ammunition for the Third Reich and was present in Prague on February 14, 1945, at the first experimental flight of a quote-unquote flying saucer. During the experiment, Klein reported the flying saucer reached an altitude of 12,400 meters. Times that by three, and you've got feet, so it's a roughly 40,000 feet in the sky. Within three minutes, reaching 40,000 feet in three minutes, that's a pretty big deal. And at a, at a speed of 2,200 kilometers per hour. Klein emphasized that in accordance with German plans, the speed of these saucers would reach 4,000 kilometers per hour. One difficulty, according to Klein, was the problem of obtaining the materials to be used for the construction of the saucers. But even this had been solved by the German engineers toward the end of 1945 and construction on the objects was scheduled to begin. Wow. Wow. This is a big deal. 
Italian researcher Renato Vesco argued that Germans had developed anti-gravity. The disc-shaped and tubular craft were built and tested towards the end of the Second World War, which he argued was the proper explanation of Foo Fighters. These concepts, he maintained, were developed by the Americans and Soviets and led directly to flying saucers. Now, what's interesting about this statement is if you go back to NJ-12 documents, MJ-12 being the group that was assembled after Roswell, you find references to gears in the crashed craft. When, why would you suspect that aliens who are capable of traversing dimensions and vast expanses of space, why would they be using gears? And why did MJ-12 call all sorts of former German scientists to the site? Because the writing looked rather familiar. Yes. <laughs> now, you know, this stuff looks kind of familiar. Do, do you Krauts know anything about... No, nine, nine, no, 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 no. Well, now we're finding out exactly what was going on here. A newspaper report dating back to March 24, 1950, uh, revealed that UFOs were flying discs designed and engineered by Germany and Italy in 1942. Avro Canada in 1953 revealed that it was developing an advanced flying vehicle dubbed the VZ-9AV Avro car. Flying vehicle was a circular jet aircraft which could reach a speed of 2,400 kilometers an hour, or roughly 1,500 miles per hour. Avro Canada was ridiculed by George Klein, the German engineer, and said Canada wasn't developing anything new and that they were actually copying and engineering UFOs developed by Nazi Germany. The CIA documents also revealed that though many people believe the flying saucers to be a post-war development, they were actually in the planning stage in German aircraft factories as early as 1941. Going back to Joseph Farrell, one of my one of my all-time new favorite people to read and listen to. He talks about this same thing over and over again. And he is being vindicated. What I would also suggest is we are on the cusp of an interplanetary war. And oddly enough, still, still fighting the remnants of the Nazi menace. Almost 100 years later. Why is there a push for UFO awareness? Why did the CIA just release documents saying it, it really, they really aren't from space or another planet. They're really just Nazis. And everyone that says, oh, we've seen UFO, it's really just man-made stuff. And the Nazis did it. And we're just copying from the Nazis. 
why would they release something like that? Why are we talking about UFOs? And the transactions and the financial structure and system that's going to be set up in space. Something big is happening here. Why the Space Force? Why is Pence going around saying that, that Trump is exerting leadership in the heavens above? Why is the UFO technology that's been patented by the Navy capable of removing itself from nonlinear space and traveling as if it were in a vacuum? Why is Senator Ted Cruz talking to you saying he's worried about space pirates? and referencing piracy on the high seas and how the Navy should be in control of space. Because space is not a void. Space is full of water. And as you know, if there's water, there's life everywhere. Something is happening. We are being, I don't know, engineered we're seeing a drip, drip, drip of information about this stuff. It's it's very, very telling. And I guess we just have to wait and see what's going to develop. But do not be surprised if we see more and more evidence of UFOs. And do not be surprised if, well... We get into fights with UFOs. There's something that goes on. Barack Obama went down to Argentina when he first got elected. And it just so happens that in Argentina, that's where all the Nazis went. Seems to me that someone said, okay, Herr Obama, this is how things really work. We're still around. Just play ball. Leave us alone. You can go gallivant throughout the Middle East, but just remember, we control everything. Now, I wouldn't suspect that this, ha this is the case with all UFOs, um, but I would, I would have to say that uh, this is fairly telling. And, and it is... Very, very interesting. This whole prospect of why space is being set up. Why we're starting to see more information come out about UFOs. UFOs aren't alien. Not all of them. They're really just leftover Nazis if we're to believe the CIA. Assuming that the document is true. Because we all know how, how that bullshit works, right? So assuming that the document is true. Anyway, that's that. So be on the lookout for more Nazis and moon bases. Uh, moving right along, digressing like a drunken mental patient as I take a sip. I just did, how much did I do? 40, almost an hour on this stuff. Uh, we move to more terrestrial subjects. Adam Schiff, I don't know. Do I want to talk about this? Yeah, maybe it's better. Not. I don't want to talk about Adam Schiff yet. So we won't. Why? Because it's my fucking show. I'll do whatever the hell I want. There are two new items involving big tech that I'd like to discuss. 
The first one involves Amazon and Facebook. They're creating technology that reads human emotion based on algorithms that mimic the five senses that human beings emit, emote, whatever it is. The robots, this is according to the Daily Mail, the robots would be fitted with wheels or tank-like caterpillar treads that would allow them to trundle about their environment. Alternatively, such robots could be fitted out with drive systems that allow them to move around underwater, fly through the air, or float in space. And this is according to a patent that Facebook took out. Uh-huh. Also reporting, this is from uh, Aaron Kessel of ActivistPost.com. Amazon is also looking into reading human emotions. And Mr. Kessel cites Bloomberg in a completely different way by utilizing a voice-activated wearable device that will sense its wearer's state of mind by the tone of voice. Very interesting. Why? Let's read that again. Amazon is looking into reading human emotions in a completely different way, utilizing a voice-activated wearable device that will sense its wearer's state of mind by the tone of its voice. Okay, Amazon now releases a patent shown to coordinate itself with Alexa, Alexa, not Alexa, Alexa. Peter Dockrill of ScienceAlert.com is reporting that a newly revealed patent application filed by Amazon is raising privacy concerns. By default, Alexa would end up listening to and recording everything you say in its presence. Now, how would this be possible? Well, Alexa is activated with trigger words. So if you happen to be discussing your sexual deviancies with your significant other, and you say, my, my, I just love being fisted, all of a sudden you'll get... <laughs> you'll, get you'll get ads from Adam and Eve talking about or showing you the various tools that allow you to feel fulfilled. Emphasis on filled. But the interesting thing now is that Alexa is essentially doing the same or exhibiting the same MO as kill all of them and let God sort them out. The proposed system, the application explains, is configured to capture speech that precedes and or follows a wake word, the trigger word. Now, how could it capture speech before a wake word is said? Hmm? How could it do that? If it is activated, if Alexa is activated with a wake word, how are they going to capture speech before you said it? Unless Alexa is recording you at all times. And essentially, Amazon is sorting through your sentences and your speech before and after the wake word. It, your conversations are always, always, 
always recorded. And being that Amazon is setting up the CIA and the Department of Defense servers, we can only assume that Mr. Bezos is monitoring and logging every conversation you have in the presence of Alexa and storing it. And also, going back to Bloomberg, Amazon is also looking to read human emotions by utilizing a voice-activated wearable device that will sense its wearer's state of mind by the tone of voice. Wow! <laughs> Amazon and Facebook, according to activist post, aren't the only companies looking into utilizing human emotions. Walmart was also looking into monitoring your biometric data, pulse, and locations from sensors on the shopping cart handles. This news comes as hundreds of retail stores are investigating using biometric facial recognition software put out by Face First to build a database of shoplifters to aid in the fight against theft. No, this is the fight against privacy. They want to know what you're doing, when you're doing it, what you're feeling, and how you're feeling it at all times. And these stupid-ass snowflakes are too fucking naive to suspect that evil Alexa is monitoring their emotions, logging their emotions, and also remembering and saving every single conversation that occurs in its presence. The government will subsequently have access to all of this information thanks to the Patriot Act put into place after September 11th. Every single company is at the behest of the federal gov government to turn over any records it has on an American citizen to fight terrorism. Sure. The FBI in 2018 is all has been it's been reported that the FBI has been using Amazon's facial recognition technology to sift through its surveillance data. Oddly enough, the phrase Amazon facial recognition recognition is spelt with a K and not a C. Sounds mighty German to me. Also, as a sidebar, Putin said he's not worried about the Nazis in the Ukraine. He's worried about the Nazis in Washington. So that's a little food for thought. My two cents, as if you asked for it, uh, do not, do not get an Alexa. Every app you get on your phone or your iPad is monitoring you constantly. Even the microphone that I use, when I hook it up to my headphones, I can see when the microphone is turned on. Every time I, I, I open the app Twitter or any other app, the mic goes on. Now, the reason why the mic is turned on is because the app is listening to everything that is occurring in the room. 
It's happening already. Thankfully, thankfully, help is on the way, maybe. Probably not, but maybe. One of the things that Attorney General Barr said when he was being, uh, I, don't even, I, don't, I wouldn't call it grilled, ordained maybe, is that Judge Barr, not Judge, Attorney General Barr said he's really, really interested in antitrust cases, meaning monopolies. He is concerned about the control that certain big companies have, such as Amazon, Alphabet, e.g. Google, so on and so forth. Fatso Nadler, when he put down the jelly donut, managed to squeak out that he is going to go start investigating big tech's power. Soon after wiping the jelly from his fat chin, Nadler said, now this is the same asshole that is going after Trump left and right on his fishing expedition, trying to find anything involving Trump. Oh, by the way, the Mueller, uh, I don't know if I have that article in front of me. I don't know if I have it, but I'll see if I can remember. Anyway, this, this same, Nadler is a fat matzah-sucking moron. But now he's doing something that could potentially be good. He said, the open internet has delivered enormous benefits to Americans, including a surge of economic opportunity, massive investment, and new pathways for education online. But there is a growing evidence that a handful of gatekeepers have come to capture control over key arteries of online commerce, content, and communications. Talk about alliteration. The committee has a rich tradition of conducting studies and investigations to assess the threat of monopoly power. You're full of shit. Given the growing tide of concentration and consolidation across our economy, it is vital that we investigate the current state of competition in digital markets and the health of the antitrust laws. So it seems as though Attorney General Barr and Fatso Nadler are on the same page about antitrust litigation concerning Amazon, Google, and other big tech companies. Now, what's interesting is that if Nadler actually goes through with this and starts breaking up Google and Amazon or essentially tell those companies they can't purchase other startups to eliminate competition, that's, that's exactly how Google, Facebook, Amazon, that's how they all work. You have a couple of startups that have been funded by private equity groups, which probably are being f themselves funded by Amazon, Google, and Facebook, they go into these small businesses and say, hey, we really like your tech, and we think that you are going to be a threat to Facebook, Amazon, or Google in the near future. So what we're going to do is we are going to buy your technology so that we don't have to worry about you, sign a couple of NDAs, right off into the sunset, and never talk about this ever again because we are going to buy the technology. This kind of mindset has been perfected by the oil industry for decades. Of course they have engines that run on water that emit vapor. Of course they have all of that, but they don't want you to have that because the oil industry 
is there for a profit. They do not want you to not use them. Of course they have engines that get hundreds and hundreds of miles per gallon. Of course they have engines that run on nothing but electromagnetic frequency. They have it all. But those patents are bought and hidden away, just like KFC's secret formula with 11 herbs and spices. And Cokes as well. So be on the lookout for this. However, I'm not sure Nadler knows what he's actually doing. Because Nadler and the Democrats benefited greatly from the bias of Facebook, Google, and Amazon. I don't know if they benefited that much now that I think about it. Because Hillary Clinton still lost in 2016, even though they manipulated the social consciousness thereof. Finally... See, you know what? Rachel Maddow, this fucking smug asshole and her stupid haircut. She is such an intolerable shrew that I need a barf bag every time I see her. I don't know if I'd actually throw up, but I do want that barf bag near me just in case I get irpy. Thankfully, after Mueller came out and said there was no collusion, her ratings have plummeted. Same thing with CNN. Now, CNN is worse than anybody out there. CNN is a joke. An absolute joke. CNN's primetime ratings fell 16% in May. They had 761,000 people watching CNN in the primetime slots. That's nothing. That is nothing. New York City is 8 to 12 million people. They had less than 10%. Actually, far, no, I don't. No, my math was off. I'm not into math. That's why I have calculators. I mean, think about this. Think about CNN. How many times have they been wrong? They're wrong constantly. Go on YouTube. You can find footage from CNN during the first Gulf War in 1991. Or no, 1989. It's not around there. The reporter is on a set. And it is made to look like or broadcast as if he was actually in Kuwait. Actually in Iraq. No, it's all a farce. It's all a farce. And they went out there and they said, Trump and Russia, they're colluding. They're taking over the world. Trump is nothing more than a puppet of Putin. We have been sabotaged by this treasonous filth. Now, my question, being a lowly deplorable, is if the president was elected, don't, or if Trump was elected president, don't you think? Somebody somewhere in some agency of the federal government may have performed background checks. Don't you think that with all of the surveillance technology and power of the federal government, they would be monitoring Trump's phone calls and emails? Do you sincerely think the Trump campaign took up ham radio operation 
like Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr's wife, the two that conspired with Comey, Stroke, Page, and Brennan, and Clapper, all of those folks. She took, yeah, Bruce Orr's wife took up ham radio uh, as a hobby during the 2016 election cycle. Yeah, I'm sure she did. What she was trying to do was put, was uh, emit, not emit, but broadcast orders across a medium that could not be readily monitored, like an email, like a cell phone, like a text message. Yeah, she just took up the hobby with, you know, with her husband, Nellie Orr, working with the CIA and also an employee of Fusion GPS, the muckraking firm that was hired by Dewey Cheatham and Howe, the law firm that was paid for by Hillary Clinton. That's not the real name of the law firm, but you get where I'm going from, where I'm coming from. So, all of the CNN, we're, we are, Trump is the traitor. MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, and Chris Hayes, another fucking idiot. Uh, we're on the cusp of impeachment. Trump is a traitor. He is going to be locked up. Guess what came out this week? Adam Schiff, that little idiot, that little, he's a weasel. He's an oily ferret. He came out and said, we can't impeach Trump. It will fail in the Senate. No, you fucking idiot. You can't impeach Trump because there's nothing to impeach him on. There's no obstruction. There's no collusion. And by the way, collusion is not a crime. There's no legal definition for collusion. You can't do anything about it because there's nothing there, you little twerp. Schiff said, at the same time, we have to recognize that the reality that one party, the Republican Party, has turned itself into the cult of the president's personality, and it is not likely to act consistent with its constitutional obligations. I think we're going to do what is right for the country, and at this point, the speaker has not reached the conclusion, and I haven't either that it's the best for the country to put us through an impeachment proceeding that we all know will be destined for failure in the Senate. No, you asshole. It would fail because there's nothing there and there is a Democrat conspiracy involving multiple foreign nations like Australia, like Italy, interesting story about that, like the United Kingdom that tried to assist the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. However, Adam Schiff tries to leave a little sliver of hope for the misguided snowflakes. He states, there may be little additional cost to going through that process, even if unsuccessful in the Senate, but we're not there yet, and I think... If it's a close call, close calls go against putting the country through that. This fucking idiot. I cannot stand this moron. Cannot stand this moron. 
So there was a, you know, he is just putting, he what he's doing is, he is trying to get people worked up through emission, inference, and implications. Meaning, there's nothing there. But what he is going to do is parse words that lets you believe there is something there. And one example of this is in the Mueller report. In the Mueller report, they talk about how the White House was obstructing justice by talking about Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn was kicked out of the White House thanks to treason. And he worked out a deal with the Mueller team because he couldn't afford all of the legal expenses it would have taken to fight Mueller off. In the Mueller report, there is paraphrased segments of a conversation that occurred between White House lawyers and also Mueller lawyers, or Flynn's lawyers, Flynn's aligned with the White House and Mueller lawyers. Essentially, what the paraphrasing looked like in the Mueller report was that the White House slash Flynn lawyer was trying to obstruct justice by looking for information and trying to get information that is classified and uh, on behalf of the Mueller team. However, however, the full transcript of what was not, it wasn't redacted. It was not redacted. The Mueller report cited this transcript. However, they left out key sentences. The full transcript says that, do you have any information on this case going forward? It would be in everyone's best interest to let us know where we're going with this. And it clearly states in this sentence, in, not in this sentence, but in this transcript, I do not want you to give me anything that is illegal. I, I can't remember the exact phrase for it. But, it's, but it clearly states, I do not want you to give me information that you are not supposed to give me. So what the Mueller report is doing is that the Mueller report is letting you infer because Mueller is implying, is letting you infer that this lawyer is trying to obstruct justice by getting information that he is not supposed to have. But if you read the full transcript, the lawyer clearly states, I do not want you to do anything illegal. So the whole thing in the Mueller report is bullshit. And it was allow, it allowed people, the readers of the Mueller report, to assume that the Trump side and Michael Flynn side is guilty of obstruction and stack and stacking the deck when in fact that lawyer said everything but. He clearly said, don't do anything stupid. I don't want to know anything that I shouldn't know. And I'll leave you with this last little tidbit. Interesting article about Italy that fell apart. Nah, I won't get into it. I'll sum up the whole Italy thing as such. Hillary Clinton people were in touch with the intelligence agencies of Italy. Essentially, Hillary Clinton's people gave the Italians some of Hillary Clinton's emails. 
And what was supposed to happen was that the Italians were going to find Hillary Clinton's emails from a Russian source on an Italian server. And they were also going to find emails from the Trump team asking for Hillary's emails and receiving Hillary's emails on a foreign server. And it made it look like it was coming from the Russians. Well, the Italians dropped the ball on this. Someone got ahead of the conspiracy. And that conspiracy fell apart. Because if the Italians actually did that, if they put the fake Hillary emails on a foreign server, made an email interaction and an email chain seem as though it was between Trump and Russians, then right there, you've got treason. Right there, you could impeach Trump and have nobody stop you because there's the evidence. Thankfully, thankfully, WikiLeaks has released information year, uh, this within the past year citing how the CIA and various agencies can make emails look as though they're coming from foreign countries and different servers when in fact they're coming from computers right here in the United States. Whew. That's it for me. Watch out for more information coming out on a lot of these Democrats and their filthy, filthy, disgusting ways because Trump has allowed declassification of all these documents. So I am excited for that for no other reason than to see these morons squirm. That's it for me. This is the Cafe American podcast. You can listen to me on Podbean, Stitcher, soon to be demolished iTunes. And also, do not forget, every other week on WUSB, Stony Brook 90.1 FM, I am going to be with you on Saturday nights between 8 to 10 p.m. And if you do not have a terrestrial radio signal or receiver that could pick up 90.1 FM, you can listen live on WUSB.FM, streaming to you from across the globe. That's it for me. I am your intrepid host, Christian. This has been the Cafe American Podcast.